Hello, and welcome to Life's Difficult, a podcast where we discuss the many challenging aspects of modern life and how we attempt to navigate them. I'm Milos, and as always, I'm joined by Mikhail. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, I think a better week than, than most. I um, came back from Chicago a few days back. And how was Chicago? So my first time there, um, and I, like I've already told you, I thought the city was absolutely stunning. Visually, it's a stunning city. Um, in terms of people, it just felt like a ghost town. It was a very strange feeling. It's this city that is so large. Everything is, is uh, I, I'm kind of comparing it to Toronto where we live. Mm-hmm. The scale is so much larger and the bill, and everything just feels so grand, you know. Um, but there's, I don't know what it was. Um, the weather wasn't great, but I'm guessing people are used to that, right? Living there. So they should still be out and about like, like it is here. People mm-hmm. will still be out when it's snowing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, nobody was around. It was very strange. All that said though, the reason I'm happy is because for the last few weeks I've been, tr- or more than the past few weeks, past couple of months, I've been trying to lose weight w- with uh, little success. And this goes back to our two podcasts, uh, one on fitness and one on food. Mm-hmm. And you can see how hard those are to reconcile, <laughs> given my opinions <laughs> of those two podcasts. Uh, and it's not like I'm, you know, uh, overweight or anything, but I wanted to trim up a bit for the summer. Mm-hmm. And the weight wasn't coming off because I'd died for a while, get frustrated and binge and like be back to square one. And before Chicago, I realized, oh, I've gained several pounds and this is just, it's going off the rails now. (laughs) And then I went to Chicago and I had, you know, deep, deep dish pizza, like the Chicago style pizza Mm -hmm. for the first time. And I had it like one night, then I had it for breakfast the next morning. (laughs) And then like, I just kept, I I had the Italian beef sandwich for the first time. So all new like check marks for my like kind of foodies uh, list of like the pizza, especially I've been wanting to have for years. Mm -hmm. Um, but I kept working out pretty hard throughout. Um, did a bunch of cardio a few of the days to really like try to burn as many calories as possible. And then the last day, I just like completely like turned the dial back, fasted for about a good 24 hours, had like a light meal. Mm-hmm. And I came back and I weighed myself and I'd actually lost weight. And now I want to say that just the body's mysterious and this is just the magic of, <laughs> of, 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 belief without it like really making sense but I think the the more kind of rational explanation is probably when I weighed myself before I left it was just a upper bound fluctuation I probably wasn't actually at that weight Mm -hmm. and I just managed to kind of get back to where I was before could Um, be could be because otherwise it just doesn't make sense I ate like a absolute pig and for those first few days in Chicago I'm talking not just, like, an, each slice of that pizza is, like, three slices of a normal pizza, almost, yeah. something like that. Um, I had a lot of that, like, uh, plus the Italian beef sandwich, plus a bunch of cookies and milk, plus a bunch of cupcakes and milk. But, like, like it just goes on and on. Like, I wasn't stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm delighted because I got to, like, be the pig I wanted to be and then still, at, at the very worst, just hold weight. Yeah. So I'm a happy boy. Summer is here and I'm ready to have, you know, still keep eating and, and not worry about it too much anymore. Speaking of summer, if there's one thing that summer is associated with, at least to us, and I imagine a lot of people, 
It's drinking copious amounts of alcohol. Yeah, just the flip side of like the my, my little health story is <laughs> let's talk about alcohol and how we're going to ruin <laughs> our health this summer. <laughs> exactly, which brings us to today's topic, which is the difficulty with alcohol. Now, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, what did you drink? Did you have any drinks in Chicago? Did you guys drink? Very little, just because it got in the way of my food. <laughs> but uh, The first problem with drinking is that it gets in the way of eating. <laughs> no joke, I actually think like that sometimes. Oh, me too, 100%. Um, that would be a great place I think, to start. I think also that's why both you and I, we stick to shots of clear liquor most of the time. Because it's the most bang for your buck in terms... Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not even thinking of price, but in terms of just efficacy. Mm-hmm. Uh it's going to be the least, like, it's not going to be sugary. It's going to be the least calories because it's a clear liquor. And it's going to be the strongest stuff that's going to get you buzz. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that just shows the sort of degeneracy and I are. I, but, I agree uh, with you, except I don't think, to me at least, I never, I actually, I prefer the darker stuff. I love dark rums. I love scotches. I love whiskeys. But we do end up having a lot of clear liquor. I feel like it's... Wait, so you're saying this whole time it's just been a matter of chance that we've been having clear oh, liquor? Oh, 100%. Like, I, I, I've told you, like, for me personally, I will drink anything straight except gin. I hate gin. And okay. that's a clear liquor, which is, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, dark rum, whiskey, scotch, freaking, we need to try, we get some Iraq this summer for sure. Oh, that's, 100%. I was at LCBO a couple of weeks back and I was very tempted to pick it up. And, oh, and... for sure. We're going to grab some of that. I like ouzo too. I think ouzo is delicious. I don't know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't love it because um, it's the, it's the it's like it tastes like black licorice, but I think it's delicious. Yeah. Although, I will say getting drunk on just ouzo is not a fun time. <laughs> yeah, but I it's like even like sambuca, right? It's also kind of a licorice, uh, tasting alcohol. Mm-hmm. It just means there's a bunch of sugar in there, which is yeah not optimal for excessive drinking. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um. But yeah, actually, so in Chicago, I was kind of forced, not forced, but like kind of have to drink once because I don't, I don't remember the place, but it was this rooftop of a really tall building. It's like the 96th floor or something mm-hmm. and has this great view. But in order to sit there, they're like, everybody has to order a drink. Otherwise mm-hmm. you can't sit there. So I had uh, a glass of rosé because mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't even know why. Mm-hmm. And I didn't finish it. Just because I had no interest in drinking, honestly. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, uh, no, actually, that's it. That's the only thing I had. Like, so, like half a glass of rosé. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I think as we're gonna, as we get maybe slightly more serious, it's. Uh, I think we're both fairly targeted with how we use alcohol. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, th- um, I think. Yeah, I think that's kind of the first thing to discuss. Is like you know. Some people just like to drink certain alcohols and i've i've personally never understood that like some people are like oh you just love isn't it a great day for a beer and a great day for this and i'm like I, I don't know i i i feel like i didn't grow up as a child i started drinking very early and uh alcohol always tasted terrible i've never had like okay outside of like yeah you'll get some of those some of those fruity cocktails we're like oh, i barely even taste the alcohol but for the most part if you have like strong alcohol, I'm never thinking, ooh, this strong alcohol tastes great. I'm always thinking this doesn't taste good, but it's utilitarian. It's going to get me <laughs> from A to B. Right? Exactly. I'm going to get inebriated and that's always the goal. The goal is to get, you know, it's like, uh, oh God, what was that? Um, 
in beer fest where they do things like why do we drink to get fucked up <laughs> and i mean that's i i never understood the the idea of drinking otherwise but i know that for a lot of people and i think this is just to make the note here i think this is a lot to do with tolerance i think both mm-hmm. you and i are probably on the upper limits of how much alcohol we can tolerate and i know that this and this is such a hard thing to say now because i know like I'm 30 now. This should not be a thing, but I still have very visceral memories of being in my 20s and in my teens where it's like mm. every man in the world would swear to God, oh, I'm the biggest drinker. I can handle so much alcohol. And it's like a lot of people said that and they were kind of full of full of shit. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think I'm full of shit. I've, I've drank with enough people to know that most people are like, no, you're definitely... <laughs> there's definitely something wrong with you this stuff does not hit you like a normal person um and i personally hate it because it means that i am like trying to drink at like a bar in in canada at least in the states worse here it's really really bad here in the state and and this is why i'm so surprised like in chicago you probably could have gotten a great like some great drinks for decent prices whereas like here in canada it's double the hit in canada because they do two things right one everything's watered down or in small sizes Mm -hmm. And two, it's very pricey. So you're you're hurt yeah. on both levels. Where the yeah. US is the opposite on both ends as well. You'll get like a single shot's gonna be like a double shot here. Yeah. And it's gonna be cheaper. So it's, it's and again, we're saying the US is very broad, but like, you know, the the obvious most parts of the US. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's very many places. I mean, I've been to I've been to California. Yeah. I've been to New York. I've drank in California and New York. I guess that's really the only place where I've drank. I went to Florida but as a kid. Yeah. It doesn't count. But like they got they they were very liberal with uh, with the alcohol in California. Yeah, and, and and like if you go to Vegas, you're just getting alcohol for free because they want you to gamble, and it's mm-hmm. so easy to game that system, right? Like, mm-hmm. sit by a slot machine, barely play, and just keep getting free drinks every little while. It's so easy, and you can even, uh, <laughs> and I shouldn't be saying this, but but like you can even do it underage, like. <laughs> I say that because, like, 21 is ridiculous. Um, it's way too high. You can buy porn at 18. You can go die for your country at 18, but you can't drink till 21. Yeah, it's, it's... it's it's And then you can get behind the wheel most critically, right, in terms of, like, the amount... Obviously, war is even, even more so, but I just mean on a day-to-day basis. The amount of harm you can do being reckless behind the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, let's take a step back, actually, because this is the difficulty with alcohol as opposed to just... General, <laughs> let's talk about drinking, which, which I think mostly we're going to end up doing, which, yeah. you know, whatever. That I think that's the fun of it. But let's go back. So in terms of difficulty, I think you've outlined one, which is just for a lot of people, there's actually no benefit in terms of the taste. It's just a benefit in terms of how, you, how it makes you feel to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two is just generally navigating that space so in terms of that navigation in terms of how much you drink how you behave when you drink how about we just kind of both give our abbreviated history of like when we started drinking what it was like and kind of take it up to sure modern day so do you want to go first there oh man um yeah i think that honestly sometimes i think this is the reason why i have the tolerance for alcohol that i do when i was like must have been i mean i think i had my first drink when i was like 12 or 13 we were in I was in an all-inclusive resort with my parents, and my brother got me one. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I still actually, I remember the first time that I had a drink because it was me, my brother, and some Cuban man who my brother had met who, like, he was a socialist, and my brother was really into socialism at the time. So yeah. we're like, oh, we're going to talk about socialism in, like, a dance club in Cuba. I remember, 
like drinking my entire drink at once. And I felt like there was like a vacuum that was like gluing my ass to the chair and I was like, couldn't move. And it was like, it was such an intense, ex- I still remember, this is like such a weird, but I remember being like, really like, whoa, like I was actually That's interested. That's such a specific in- feeling that I wasn't expecting you to say. Yeah, I know. It was just like, but it's like, I think it was because physically I was like unsure of like how to move and if I can move and what I could do. <laughs> I remember, I remember spending that entire first, like first time I felt the alcohol, just like glued to the chair, not moving and kind of like listening to my brother. And I remember too, that this was like, Usually this was like the most, like at that age, this was a conversation where I'd want to claw my eyes out and I would just leave right away because I, back then when my brother started talking about politics and all that stuff, I was like, I couldn't be less interested. Yeah. Um, but that time was interesting. And then following that, I think like, yeah, I must've been like 13 years old when we started. Me and my buddies, we would just, we all, I, I grew up with like a bunch of immigrant friends and we all had parents who had liquor cabinets Mm-hmm. but we weren't like we weren't the kind of kids who could just take a bottle and get away with it it was like if, if any of the bottles were missing we would get absolutely like a blit like our parents would like throw us in jail essentially so what we would do is we get a water bottle and we take a little bit of everything mm. so i was i literally started off drinking like long island iced teas mixed with every and we were stupid we didn't know what you could and couldn't mix mm-hmm. so i put in some of like a milk liquor some rum some vodka some other like anything mix it all up we go to the park we each have our water bottles and we'd like share them that and sip them horrendous it really got us fucked up it was great well i'm sure, well, I'm sure it did but i just mean in terms of like the flavor profile like oh flavor profile i don't even know it was just it was it was the one step above rubbing alcohol <laughs> but yeah no that's just how we got started and like and then from there it you know from there it just went forward but yeah back in the day it was again it was very utilitarian we were just bored suburban kids on a friday night and it's like what are we gonna do well we're gonna go out we're gonna stay outside till like 2 a.m might as well drink while we do it and that was it. yeah 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 how'd you get started um so I didn't get like a proper start in, in that like I think I might have had my first just sip mm-hmm. when I was maybe 13, 14. I'm guessing probably 14, but literally just a sip. Because keep in mm-hmm. mind, like uh, like I talked about in the travel podcast, mm-hmm. I moved around a bunch and a mm-hmm. lot of it was in, um, you know, Middle Eastern or just Muslim countries. Yeah. So... Drinking was less, there just wasn't a culture of drinking generally. Being raised Muslim, like, obviously mm-hmm. it was much more of, like, uh, it wasn't just an age thing. It just was a thing that you didn't do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just remember one of my friends, he, uh, he was actually an, a, an American friend I had in Egypt. And for whatever reason, he brought a bottle of, of I don't know what, I think it was orange juice mixed with vodka or something and was just sipping it throughout the day like a degenerate in school and they gave me a sip that was it so you know you know it's it's just this is during the school day i love it looking back it's just such a ridiculous thing to do you know like it was like a british school you know um it's not that it was super strict, but you know, mm-hmm. he would have got, he would have potentially been kicked out for the school for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. He was bored. Um, and, and then, yeah, I would say after that, there was a gap. Cause that's not like, again, that wasn't like really drinking still not being like some factor in my life. It just like mm-hmm. popped up and I, I was the sort of person who never said no, if an opportunity was presented, I'd just go for things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but in terms of like more regular drinking, I think um, the summer before I moved to Malaysia was the first time I drank to like excess, mm-hmm. uh, puked. Um, <laughs> and th- th- this will actually continue to be part of my story like throughout, like all the way throughout until basically uh, recent times is I always mismanage my drinking. And so you say like that you and I have um, higher tolerance. I've never thought of myself that way. I've always thought of myself having uh, uh, completely bottom rung tolerance. That's mm-hmm. how I viewed myself. But often it's because of stupidity. I've just, my, my brother literally says I self-sabotage myself that I have something like, that something is there. And again, he's half joking. Mm-hmm. But, but um, I always end up being like on an empty stomach or something or, something that's not optimal for drinking i i don't think like my baseline tolerance is actually super high i think i just if if everything is optimal then my tolerance is decent Mm -hmm. right and and so uh so of course that first time drinking uh i don't even remember what it was but i know we had like a few shots of something or the other i was on a completely empty stomach was very hungry obviously Mm -hmm. i was destroyed (laughs) I i was throwing up that night and i had to fly out the next day as well um then a few months pass uh we moved to uh malaysia and there's when it gets interesting because despite being a muslim country it operates very much like a westernized nation at least within kuala lumpur not Mm -hmm. not malaysia overall and pretty much anybody can get alcohol you can be 12 years old walk in and buy alcohol so (laughs) so yeah that's that's when i started to drink like semi-regularly and then as I start to go out more and stuff, then, you know, uh, up to like every week. Um, but even then, like every few weeks I'd mismanage and end up, <laughs> end up puking. And, and, I, and I think a big part of it was for a long time is that, and this is so stupid, right? But you just do, you, you get fixated on silly things when you're younger, right? And my thing is like, oh, I want to be like trim and, and, and like, not bloated going out so i'm gonna try to avoid eating as much as possible before drinking that's such a that's such a big risk (laughs) and i just it was it was it was so stupid because it just kept happening right um obviously i had better periods where like i was drinking fine and i Mm -hmm. I kind of knew my level but it's often then when i would take a break and go back to drinking i would like reset my stupidity and and then and start drinking again uh, so it's, it's actually funny that you say that because I actually feel like one of my favorite things to do is to take a couple shots on an empty stomach mm-hmm. because you get fucked up immediately and it's so much fun. Like I, I, uh, yeah, it, it's funny too. Cause I remember I have one, the only, I've only ever from alcohol twice in my life mm-hmm. only ever. And like, I, again, I've like, whatever it's happened. The first time that happened was on an empty stomach, actually. So that was that was completely my fault. Yeah. But I didn't realize that, like, I'd only ever done it on an empty stomach that time. But I still remember there was one time when I was back, back in the old country in Serbia visiting my grandparents. And me and my grandpa were going to go visit a cabin that we had. And to get there, it was like a freaking, must have been like a kilometer walk in like scorching summer sun, no shade. So we, we took the bus out and then we walked a bit and then we walked back and we took the bus back. And I remember we we did all that. I'd skip breakfast. I hadn't had much to drink. So we came back and we were like absolutely like we were just, you know, we just we destroyed from empty stomach, dehydrated. 
and my grandpa and my grandma had made dinner so she's like or supper i guess it is because over there we eat early and you know they're like oh sit down my grandpa's like no no the men have to do something and he's like come here and i'm like what and he's like we're gonna take a shot of brandy because you know now you know and there's like my grandpa trying to be like you know like the, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah now yeah. you're a manly man let's do it so i was like okay <laughs> so i took the one shot and i look at my grandpa and i'm like let's have another and he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I knew he, he just loved it. So like, he's like, all right, yeah, let's have another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was, it was, I mean, these weren't like big shots. These were like little shots. It was like proper shots, right? Like I know when you and I pour shots, I pour like six shots in one because who cares? <laughs> but these are like proper little shots. And I just remember we finish, we put the, the drinks away. We come back around. We sit at the supper table. And it takes about like one minute before I'm completely inebriated all of a sudden. I'm like, this is the like the best ever way to do this because it's like i knew i knew that two shots was not going to do anything terrible to me there's no it doesn't matter how empty my stomach is it doesn't matter how dehydrated i am yeah. two shots won't it's not going to floor me i'm not going to be absolutely out of control but my god was i there <laughs> it was a yeah. good time so uh so yeah i love drinking an empty stomach i think it's it's something that i take advantage of sometimes and just like and i, I don't so health i'd love to hear what the health thing is here because my rationale is if you drink on an empty stomach, you drink less overall. Mm. You get twice as, you know, you feel it twice as much, but you drink less. So my, my, my theory is that it must be healthier. But I've heard other people say that if you drink on an empty stomach, it breaks the blood-brain barrier so fast and gets in your system so fast that it's actually less healthy because there's more alcohol versus everything else in your system. It's fine margins, right? Like, I imagine there's probably like a fine-tuned middle ground where you're not entirely on an empty stomach, but mm -hmm. you eat like a small low calorie meal so that you can still get 90% of the effect of being on an empty stomach, but you have enough food there so that it's not like that catastrophic for you, right? Like if, I'm sure there, there's, there's some fine tuning that can be done I would there. love to have the Huberman lab guy do an episode on this. Andrew Huberman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, needs to, he needs to take a look at this for, for the sake of those of us who are trying to not obliterate our liver, but still have as much fun as someone who's obliterating their liver. <laughs> There's this uh, very good film, a Danish film called Druk. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in English, it's called Another Round mm -hmm. uh, with um, Mads Mikkelsen. He played Hannibal Lecter in the series uh, some years back. Oh, okay, okay. He, 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 he played the villain in Casino Royale. Okay, yeah. He's terrific. He's he's one of the best actors, working actors today, and it's about these uh, kind of like depressed or sad middle-aged men who decide like to run this experiment. The experiment is to stay constantly at a I don't know what they set some so, some blood alcohol number. Oh God! And and it's it, the, 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 the basically the aim is to like stay within like a reasonable kind of like not like obliterated but just like i think buzzed or like lightly drunk level throughout the day so you never want to go too far past it just yeah. keep 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 a device so that you can keep checking so you're not like going way past and just keep at it up until a certain time and then then taper off um it's a really i i i i think that would just be a fun movie generally to watch uh i'd be happy to rewatch it it's just a fun film but it's it's Stuff like that, obviously, I don't want to run it just because of the, like we said, we're targeted. So that's the opposite of being targeted. But like yeah. running experiments is, is actually just a lot of fun. 
And it's also because your our bodies are so variable that you're going to find different results for different people. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the only way you really figure yourself out. Um, it's, it's like the gym, right? Um, and we talked about it in the fitness podcast. It takes years and years to figure out like what's optimal for you. And even then you're still tweaking things here and there. Mm-hmm. But in the gym, short of like working out really with really poor form and hurting yourself, you can keep experimenting and figuring things out if you're doing things safely whereas in so many other aspects like especially with alcohol i don't encourage people to be like yeah drink to this alcohol amount level and then this yeah, one no. is just like no. no way there's no uh yeah so yeah so just to come back to maybe a little bit of practical advice before we go back to just general talk i would say i actually do think it's good to get started drinking at an earlier age if you're going to because you don't want to build it up, right? I think that's part of the ugly binge drinking um, phenomenon in the US. It's because mm-hmm. I'm sure they still find ways to have alcohol, but I think a lot of people just go crazy at 21. And whereas I think uh, in, in many places in Europe, not to say that they have a healthy drinking culture, I still think they drink probably too much in many mm-hmm. places, but by starting at like 14 and not just having your first beer maybe at 14 or like your first shot at 15, like for Mm -hmm. it to to, to kind of be built up, alcohol is like a celebratory thing that you enjoy, but it's not like this obsessive thing of, oh, now we can finally drink, so let's just drink until, you know, we can't see straight and and, and are puking all night. So, and again, uh, I'm happy to acknowledge I started early and I was still puking, but like it was for very stupid reasons and i hope other people (laughs) will have the sense to just eat but that's the other thing Mm -hmm. keep yourself hydrated and eat at least a moderate amount figure out what works for you some people if they you know eat a heavy meal and drink it just makes them sick right it's Mm -hmm. not even about drinking too much but there's too much in their belly and it makes them feel awful so find out like your figure out this is an experiment which is not dangerous if you're going to drink anyway figure out what your perfect pre-drink meal is is it a greasy burger you know to like just really fill you up or is it just actually eat something really healthy like banana and yogurt and stuff you get your probiotics and you get your healthy sugars and you know stuff like yeah just f- f- figure out what works for you um and yeah i would say don't have that silly mentality of like oh i'm not gonna touch water i'm drinking no like oh just, that's that's the thing i think that's the biggest thing is if you just realize that you just if you just have water in between yeah you can extend your drinking for a really long time and be fine largely i think i think another interesting thing of what you said about like the whole differences in culture that's a big it's a big thing it's like you look at a, you look at a and it's almost like it always makes me wonder what came first the chicken or the egg in the u.s the drinking age is 21. And in the US, you're not allowed to drink in public because in the US, when people drink, they tend to do really stupid things. And they tend to have this culture of like over drinking, binge drinking, you know. I think you have that stuff in Europe too, but it's so much more, it's, it, I feel like in Europe, there's no taboo about drinking when you're young. There's no taboo about like, again, you were saying your first sip. Technically, I had my first sips of alcohol when I was like eight or nine. On mm. New Year's Eve, you get a sip of champagne. That's just the thing. It's a European thing. No one cares. No one, And it, French people do it all the time, you know? Yeah. French kids probably have their first sip of wine at like seven, eight. It's it's not... Uh, and but, but you say that in North America and it's like, 
child abuse. You know what I mean? Like right, people right. lose their shit about that because you know it. There's this taboo here in the West that I think is slowly moving away. It's slowly leaving. Like I feel like this is a very, it's a very um, archaic artifact of like you know prohibition culture and 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 uh, you know temperance culture and all the stuff that that happened out here. Mm-hmm. In North America, specifically in Canada and the U.S., I don't think Canada ever actually had prohibition. Although we might have, I know the U.S. had prohibition hardcore. They tried to get rid of alcohol completely for a couple of years. Yeah, and at least here it's what nineteen, which is yeah nineteen yeah. eighteen in the French part, which has which makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in England it's like sixteen for beer and then eighteen for spirits or something. Or I something think it might be fourteen for even beer. Fourteen for beer, yeah. So like, so I mean, but the thing is too, it's like it's that whole thing of like you know people are allowed to do it. People are allowed to do it in public, and it's already part of the culture. So it appears, and I don't have actual like data facts to back this up, but it appears that people in Europe know how to handle their alcohol a little bit better than people in North America. And I think largely it's because it's not this taboo thing. It's like, again, the other thing that I always think of is it's like, you know, some people weren't allowed to drink with their parents ever. Like, mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. When I first started drinking, obviously I wasn't allowed to drink with my parents because they didn't know that we were drinking because we were drinking in the park. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, once I was of age, it was fine. Yeah, me and my dad could have a couple of drinks. It was no big deal. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's a whatever thing. Whereas I feel like for other people, it's uh, it's, ooh, it's it's taboo, you know? so Yeah, the more you kind of push something into the margins, the more um, it's probably going to be abused because you have like a guilty relationship with it. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's so huge. I, I, I think people who feel like the, the condemnation of their family or friends or whoever when drinking then yeah then if you're just drinking alone then you're probably developing a very ugly relationship with alcohol already Mm -hmm. um which yeah i've seen like without going to specifics i've had like more than one family member who had difficulties like with alcohol i'd certainly one of them i'd say probably two of them were just flat out alcoholics Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I, I I completely get it, and I, I again with the my background being, um, th- that you know these are all Muslim families. It makes sense, right? That it was kind of people know about it, but it's uh, it's, it's it's not like they're necessarily drinking behind people's backs. It's not like that, but it's it's like an open secret that nobody talks about. Yeah. So it makes it like this ugly thing that is hard to like actually address and. Um, They'll say something. They'll they'll use euphemistic language that helps nobody by saying like, "Oh yeah, he has a problem with the drink." But it's like, no, no, just say technically what it is. He's an alcoholic. Yeah. But just it's almost like that. That's too shameful or something, you know. So, yeah, the, 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 but like with so many things, when you mix in guilt and judgment and all this stuff, it makes it all more muddied and harder mm. to deal with and all that stuff. But uh, let's go back to just relaxed drunk well, yeah, stories we'll, we'll, and <laughs> we'll go to the dark side later i want to ask you what kind of a drunk are you <laughs> so this um i think this possibly plays into why people think i maybe have a higher tolerance than i do mm-hmm. um it's that even if i'm very very drunk i'm talking about like i could have just vomited <laughs> is it because this has happened to me before <laughs> I, I would have just come out of the bathroom. I love that that's your standard for how drunk you are. I have just expelled through my mouth. That's how drunk I am. The, 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 but I actually think some of this is constitutional in the, term, in, the, in the sense that 
I imagine that sometimes I've been drunker and and uh, than when I have when I vomited. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine my bo- some people are just you know respond differently to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I think when my body feels like over poisoned by alcohol, <laughs> it 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 chooses to expel pretty early. Where mm-hmm. whereas like if I've you know done things right and I've eaten and I'm have sipping water, I can consume a fair bit of alcohol probably get a bit even drunker mm-hmm. um but it's not going to expel because i'm secondly probably not as my body doesn't perceive it as the same threat and again this is talking in kind of a pseudo medical language i get it i, I don't know yeah. how else no to put I, it. I think i think there's also a part to be said about like actually the the act of puking i personally i hate it more than i hate anything else i one time in my life legit passed out instead of puking oh god <laughs> Like, I, I will literally, I'm, I'm to that degree where I will do anything to avoid puking because just the experience to me is so, it's so difficult. It's so unpleasant. There's so many things that I just don't, I just, I don't know. It's like, I. The difficulty maybe, with puking. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I, just everything about it. But, but, but I've noticed, so like, there's been moments in my life where I was literally so drunk that I, I, I still remember there was one time when I was specifically, <laughs> I must have been like 22 years old, me and my buddy got wine drunk, and I hate <laughs> wine, I fucking hate wine so much, and he loves it, so we got really drunk on wine, and not only did I feel way too drunk, I felt sick, I felt disgusting, I remember thinking like, if I could just puke, this would be better, Yeah. and I tried everything, I tried the fingers down my throat, I tried a toothbrush, I tried... And the closer I got to actually getting the gag reflex, uh-huh. the more I felt my body tense up against it to the point where it's like, it's like, imagine having the strongest, most painful hiccup of your life when you're yeah, trying to, yeah, it, yeah. it just, so I think like some people's bodies are just more okay with like the, 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 yeah. that level. And some people's are not because I will suffer through all kinds. I will rather, I will, I will sit through absolute like hypnotic drunk levels where like the whole world is spinning and swimming and your vision doesn't work and you're just like you feel like you're absolutely gonna die and it doesn't matter i'm sitting there like like holding everything in like you know putting a fist over my mouth and like we're gonna sit here for 45 minutes until this goes away right (laughs) as a little aside i i think perhaps uh people put too much focus on, in, uh, on on like, oh, well, when I drink too much champagne and when I drink too much wine and when you mm-hmm. shouldn't mix liquors and all this. I think a lot of it just comes down to, are you having sugar with your alcohol? And are you having excessive sugar with your alcohol? And, and if so, you're going to be messed up. Because there, there's no actual, there's no differences between the alcohols. Like it's, 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 there's, no, there's nothing actually being added in terms of like what can mess you up. What's messing you up can be only two things, alcohol and sugar. Except, See, I know a lot of women who will tell you that tequila drunk is just a different drunk and that tequila contains Satan. But I believe you. Because <laughs> I'm a man of science. And, 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 the, and I also think a lot of that is the case because um, people use alcohol as an excuse sometimes to behave certain ways. And they don't even know that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's some of that. Because tequila, let's be honest... It has a certain kick to it that feels like the devil has just like hit you in the mouth when you take a shot of tequila. Yeah, tequila's strong. And 
but again, technically speaking, in terms of it's it's still forty proof like vodka and. That's exactly it. Tequila is the same strength as every other alcohol, but when you take a sip of tequila, it hits different. Right, and I'm saying a lot of that is mental. Definitely, oh, definitely, it's it's because I'm actually, actually I'm saying all of it's mental, yeah, right? I because mean, yeah, physically speaking, it's the same amount of alcohol. It's just that they put more Satan in the tequila, <laughs> <laughs> and when they're bottling it, they just put a little bit more. I'm no, not I'm a religious man, but I do believe in the <laughs> devil when I drink. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but, but okay, wait. So go back to you were saying, what type of drunk are you? So yeah, what yeah, type yeah. Of drunk are you? So yeah, getting back on track. I I just become a slightly like looser more sociable version of myself i i still think it's very representative still of my character i i'm i still feel very much in control of myself mm-hmm. i don't think uh I, I i can't think of a time when i behave in a way that i was ashamed of or behave poorly or i i don't really have that now i'm not saying i've never obviously there's been times when i you know by being a bit more sociable and loose and stuff i might have put my foot in my mouth talking of course but now as an adult um but but generally throughout I just I don't respond to alcohol in a way where I change right like there's there's no switch going off it's Mm -hmm. just me more sociable a bit more lively I want to have a little bit more fun Mm -hmm. so it it and that's why I, I I really enjoyed because it's just it's a little bit of that lubricant to get life uh uh buzzing around me more easily mm-hmm. um but going from there actually let me ask you what sort of drunk you think you are and then let's go to just let's go through the type of drunk so i think that's actually really so important i think i think that's uh actually we, we this will tie into that because i've been numerous different kinds of drunks and i i actually i fully believe when they say that alcohol is just a, a de-inhibitor it takes away your inhibitions i think that's a hundred percent reality and I think for me, my experience with alcohol has been whatever is going on beneath the surface, whatever like the, the, the primary feeling beneath the surface is, yeah. that's what's going to come out when you're drinking. Right. So there have been times in my life when I was an angry drunk. I would get <laughs> drunk and it was just anger. I saw a glimpse of that once. <laughs> <laughs> that was different. That was somebody who was messing with me. That, yeah, was not, yeah. that, was not, that was not the, that was me just like trying to hold the boundary because a man kept touching me when I was drunk. And it's like, please don't touch me this much. Um, even though I I initiated the touching, like of course, because I'm I'm a drunken idiot, um, but <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to shake his hand and give him a bro hug, and then he tried to like put his elbow in my chest and do this weird stuff. So you know, I yeah, think I'm you just reap like, what you sow. Yeah, but the point is, like back in the day, I remember I was I was an angry drunk, and then I remember a period in my life where I was a sad drunk, and that was like the worst. We would get me and my buddies would get drunk, and I just like become this like. I become like drunken Charlie Brown, like, oh, life is so dirty. <laughs> it's just like, but I, and both of those times, I remember when I was an angry drunk, I was a much angrier person. There was a lot of internal anger issues that I hadn't dealt with. And so it seemed to come out when I was drunk. Mm-hmm. And then when I was a sad drunk, it was, I, you know, I was dealing with a lot of, I mean, internally, you know, just like, I guess I had more of like a, I don't want to say those. It was like a sad period of my life, but I was definitely looking at life through much more of a sad lens at the time, and I was all like sad about different stuff, and I was being emo and shit. And so when I would drink, that would come out. Nowadays, I feel like I'm a very energetic, like gregarious drunk, and and it's funny to me because I feel like every one of these is like when you drink, you release what you're in, what what you're not allowed to have normally. 
Mm. I think when I drink now, I feel like everyone's my best friend and I want to talk to everybody and I'm like <laughs> overly social. Like I, I feel like I turn into like a golden retriever puppy where it's like, oh, people, huh, I want to talk to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that's, again, I think it releases what's already there. I think generally I want to be very gregarious and social and talk to everybody. But usually if I haven't had a couple of drinks, it's like, oh man, uh, people, whoa, <laughs> not supposed to talk to strangers. You know, you're not just supposed to be friendly with random people. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course alcohol makes it different. So I think, I think the type of drunk changes. I don't know if you, have you, you've never experienced being any of the other types of drunk? Look, obviously, um, because it does make me a little bit more whatever I am in terms mm-hmm. of being sociable or having fun or whatever, if things go south during a night or something bad happens or a fight breaks out or something, mm-hmm. then yeah, in, in that moment, I might feel a little more angry or a little, less, but, but honestly, not really. Not yeah. So it doesn't, that, it doesn't just bring out a, a standard emotion. <laughs> so I, I, it's, it's also because, you know, in everyday life, I'm fairly mild and level. Mm-hmm. Um, even and, and even before in in high school when um, I was a barely functioning ape, I still had like the predisposition of being kind of level. Yeah. Even if I had anger issues, actually as well, mm-hmm. and I and I you know uh, was a very different person and would you know talk a whole lot more shit and all that kind of stuff. My predisposition was still to be kind of mild and 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 kind of steady mm-hmm. um I, I know those sounds like contradictions but like i'm just not talking about baseline no i understand it's yeah what i kind of revert to and so mm-hmm. i think i still have that and and now especially i don't have those angry issues i don't mm-hmm. have those like many of those unresolved things so so now it's even less a factor i'm just yeah. very like even keel the way i look at it for like when you're a young man is is you have that desire to to cause chaos but you can do it while being chaotic yourself or you can do it while being very calm Mm -hmm. the important thing is that the intent underneath it is like i'm angry at the world and i'm gonna go fuck some shit up but how you do it can be expressed in a multitude of ways (laughs) yeah because um like i was saying earlier i I, uh, this is a few years on when, when I was in university in Australia. Uh, it was for a couple of friends' birthdays and um, it was that champagne drunk. Again, fairly empty stomach. See, this is stupidity. This never ends. It's hard me. to get champagne drunk. That's only like 11%. We just had a lot of champagne. It's just so sugary though. Yeah. That, yeah, it'll probably make you gross. sick before it'll get you drunk. Or if you're on empty stomach, it'll just hit you. I yeah. feel the bubbly water makes it even worse. Like I feel like the carbonation probably makes it hit you faster. Yeah, that's definitely I, gross science, though. But but true science, <laughs> and, and 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 it might have not been just champagne anyway. And mm-hmm. but anyway, working your way through a bottle is still a fair bit. And yeah. Um. Anyway, so thankfully we're at like this nice fancy lounge, so could just go yak in the bathroom and not <laughs> and not be like a gross scene, you know? Like you could just do it kind of discreetly and not feel like you're in a crime scene. Mm-hmm. Um. And I come out, and so obviously I, I'm. I think okay, I'm done drinking for the night. Like I, you know, that was a lot. And obviously I'm still feeling kind of shaky and out of it. And my friends don't get it, or at least some of them. Like they keep trying to like. They're just like, you're way too sober. You need to drink. You need to drink. And I'm oh, like, no. I'm, and I'm just like, no, I. <laughs> I just threw up. Like I'm. I'm 
I'm, I'm really, I'm barely holding it together, but I'm staying out, but, you know, because mm-hmm. it's this event and, you know, it's a birthday and all this stuff. And they then start to try to sneakily give me alcohol where I'd say, oh, I'll just have a Coke. And they're like, okay, yeah. And then I hear them say co- or rum and Coke yeah. to the bartender. And, and I just think like, <laughs> you know, but, but again, they just wanted to carry you home, Mikhail. That's it. Yeah. They wanted to prey upon me, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I think it goes to show that even when I'm that far gone, like what I present outwardly is still fairly like relaxed. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, some people are silly and they just associate drunkenness with being so over the top that it, that it needs to be obvious signs when, you know, that's obviously not yeah. the case. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've um, post-university, alcohol was very minimal on and off kind of thing. I'm mm-hmm. not, wasn't going out that much, but more recently, uh, I and both of us have, I think, started drinking more. Uh, and so I think this is actually for the first time in my life when I seem to be doing things right, where, you know, I don't, I'm never really worried about, like, uh, that I'm going to be chundering at the end of the night. It's like, no, everything is, is, is kind of, okay, I drink to a moderate amount to feel something, but never in danger. I keep sipping water throughout. I eat a, eat a normal meal before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not too soon before where I feel bloated and full, right? Like it's just, it's all been kind of ironed out and it's simple and it's just adult responsible, semi-responsible drinking. So, yeah. yeah. It's the fun, it's funny. I was going to say, so uh, in terms of types of drunks, I know you want to go through them. The other types of drunks that I, that I've seen a lot of, and I think this is more, you see more, you see this more often when you're younger, because I feel like as you age, these kind of drunks usually like stop drinking or they do it amongst themselves because it's a really unpopular thing. But I remember one thing that I saw a lot of, and I even saw it. So you see, again, you see some younger people. So I, I saw it when I was younger and then I saw it again when I was traveling and inevitably traveling, you'd end up around a lot of really young people. Like I was going to, even though I was like, what, late twenties, I was seeing people in like their, you know, late teens, early twenties. And what I, what I, what I see a lot of and what I've seen everywhere. And I just don't understand is the the people who seem to get so drunk that they have to get taken care of mm-hmm. and the people who get drunk to take care of them. That's always <laughs> yes. the weird, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Always been this weird thing where it's like, and don't get me wrong, I've been in the caretaker role before for some of my friends, but it was never like, like. It was thrust upon you, right? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, but there's a difference between, you know, there's people who seem to get drunk and want people to want to be taken care of. And then there's people who make an honest mistake. We've all made, I'm, I'm sure you had one point where like, you get too drunk. Like we, it's, you have, you, if, if you were drinking to the excess of getting really fully inebriated and, and, you know, if you enjoy it, I know it's, it's whatever people enjoy. It. I love it. Um, if you're getting to that part where you're legit drunk, then sometimes you're going to overstep that boundary and go into the place where you become belligerent or, yeah. you know, I don't know what other term there is, but you're like, you go from a functioning human being to a non-functioning human being. You're like, oh my God, I need help. And so, <laughs> you know, I've done it a couple times. My friends done it a couple times. Everyone, everyone, like, yeah. everyone has those experiences. And, and obviously when it happened to my close friends when we were younger, of course I was there to take care of them. But it would happen one off and then they'd learn their lesson and the next time they'd be like, they weren't oh, occupying not. a role. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a thing that they did consistently, but then there'd be some people I'd drink with them and I'd be like, Oh my God, every time you get drunk, you, 
you you drink to the point of this and that's a <laughs> that's a weird one man that's one that i don't understand I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing it's like people want to get taken care of and they can't ask to have their own need like to to me drinking is so interesting from a psychological standpoint because if that if you believe in that first premise that people drink and it reduces their inhibition so they basically in that social setting they're more likely to do things that they generally want to do or that they have inclinations to do uh, but otherwise can't right yeah i mean let's just address the stereotypes right or 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 the common perceptions which again are based in fact um Mm -hmm. it's it's the woman who wants to you know behave more loosely and have a fun time out but she's scared of judgment so she needs to drink to a certain amount very obviously so that when she's behaving that way, she has the fallback of saying, I was drunk. It's this guy who wants to more creepily, uh, more aggressively go after a woman, but mm-hmm. can do it sober. And so he needs to say like, okay, no, I'd f- I'm a few drinks in so that I have the cover of saying like, oh no, like I, I'd never be that way normally, but I had a few drinks in me. It's yeah. so the same way it's like, uh, and this is far less. See, I think, I think both, just real quick. I think The, the second dark- one is obviously way worse because you're, aggressing upon both, people yeah but, i think both but, those yeah. have a dark side and a light side and i just want to address that like there's a difference between you know a woman getting so drunk that she barely remembers it and that's like awful you don't want that and there's like you know women just want to get a little bit drunk and loosen up so that they feel like they're not being judged for what they do yeah and then i see them on the man's side there's there's go, those guys who are drinking specifically so that they can like um you know fit in with other people who are drinking while still being complete predators. And those guys were drinking because otherwise they'd be shy and they need a little bit yeah, of liquid yeah, courage. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to, just to make, cause that first example is definitely, that's a controversial one. That's cause some people are, I mean, there's a whole discussion now about what does consent mean? And can you even consent after, after X number of drinks? And it's such a, it's such yeah, a North American d- d- problem. D- d- like j- just to be clear, um, with, with the first example with the woman drinking so they don't be judged like that's that's not a from a point of judgment like it's it's a shame that they feel that way right i'm yeah. just pointing out something that's uh a potential uncomfortable truth yeah not that i care right mm-hmm. like with the guys obviously the ugly side of it is much much more pernicious yeah but yeah of course a lot of the time it's just it's a good side of it where a guy's just shy or he just needs he feels like he has qualities to show, but can't express them uh, normally. So he needs that like um, social lubricant to get there. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, obviously that's fine. But it, it's going from there is yes. Yeah, some people they live a life where they're constantly perhaps ha- having to manage things or micromanage things, and everything is in. They're they're constantly having to be the, in the role of the caretaker that maybe they just want to drink and be taken care of right that's very mm-hmm. understandable and the flip side is some people feel like they have a lot to give emotionally and they're it's not that 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 instinct that mother bear instinct is not being satiated so mm-hmm. then they become like the caretaker old yeah. so you know the, all these things they can be funny they can be goofy they can come from a lovely place it's it's all over the spectrum right that, yeah. that that's Kind of the larger point I was trying to make, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, uh, the specific example stopping there made it look a bit worse than than yeah. how I intended it. But 
Now, I do want to say, because I do think most of the time alcohol is just kind of showing what's still in there, but obviously like ramped up so that it's it's still partly an excuse for sure, because um, a lot of people are otherwise wouldn't behave that way, right? They, they are ramped up. It's still not exactly natural behavior. Mm-hmm. But then there's some people where past a point like a, and, and I don't know if you've come across these people, but I have, a switch goes off and they go from very drunk and like exactly all the signs of a, of a normal, you know, even belligerent drunk or joyous drunk or over the top. But then they go into like this weird place where they're no longer the same human being. So I don't know what that is. I don't know whether that's past the point. It becomes like a chemical imbalance in that brain because of alcohol abuse or whatever. But I, I legit know people where they're normal drunk and then past the point it's, I'm talking about eyes bulging. I don't know if you're going to try to like kill me or you're going to try or you're going to just start start hysterically laughing drunk. And um, there are degrees of even that too, right? Of the switch yeah. thing. But like I've seen the upper end of this of the of the switch where they just become maniacs i've also seen like lesser degrees where i'm like i recognize parts of you but other parts of you are really like grotesque right now and you're Mm -hmm. not somebody that i recognize as my friend or family and all the way down to oh you're completely harmless but you're out of your goddamn mind and you're just like spazzing out you're not normal anymore but you're harmless. You're just having a I good feel time. Like everybody has that thought. Though. That's 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 that level of like. No, I don't. Really? I've You've never. never been there? I've never even come I've close def- to that. I've definitely been there. I know my friends have been there. I've I've I. <laughs> it's almost like I've had friends who get there, and then it's like, all right, for the like for the rest of the time that this person is drunk, I am their shaman to lead them to safety and to keep mm. them from hurting themselves, causing damage to others, causing damage to themselves. I think. Yeah, it's a place where people kind of go crazy. They go crazy. They, they turn in, They just get possessed by the alcohol. I think the thing is, for most people, if you get to that point, you're on a very short fuse. I think for most people, once you're there, you only have a very short amount of time to be there before you either pass out and go completely limp, or you, or you just, or it just goes away and you, you sober up. From my experience, I've seen a couple, like, again, I've, I've been there. I know times when people are telling me stories of what I've done, and I'm like, wow. Not many times. It's, it's actually, it was actually a very few few times that it happened, yeah. but that's uh, that's usually when you reach the blackout stage where it's like, you're not going to remember a thing. People are going to show you videos, and you're like, that's me? Wow. <laughs> what mm. is it? I think, but again, like, I think this ties in very well to the dark side of alcohol because, you know, like, obviously, so far we've sung its praises. You know, love alcohol. Not exactly. Not I exactly, mean, I'm saying like I was puking throughout much of my life when drinking, so. But you still went back for more, which means you had a good time. <laughs> I kid. No, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's also that like, uh, often I would just take big enough breaks that like the, you know, the gag reflex is gone or whatever, right? I, it's not, it's not, I'm not, you're no longer repulsed the same way. Mm-hmm. And, um. It's also like if you do something, even if it's horrific, often enough, then the horror starts to recede. And obviously, when I initially puked, it was the worst feeling ever. Mm-hmm. But once you do something, even that feels like the worst feeling ever, often enough, it's I still would 
obviously I still want to avoid it at all costs, right? But if it happens, I can kind of ride that wave now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the human body is immensely adaptable, right? You can adapt to it. But I guess I guess the the point I'm trying to make is like there is a there's definitely a dark side when it comes to drinking. Yeah, we all know it. We've all seen examples of it. Um, yeah, I, I, the the part of that is having to navigate friends and family who show you that dark side, right? Like, mm. obviously, I'm not gonna go into specifics or specific people, but there have been times where I've wondered, um, like, I I just don't want to be out drinking with this person anymore, and like, how do I go about this? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's, that's an issue. And I, I think, um, that's why I, 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 I say like, when you drink early, figure yourself out. And part of that figuring out is not just how much you can drink and what you should eat before and drinking. It's do it with your best friend and tell your best friend, like, how am I behaving? Like, how, mm-hmm. how do you like it? And you have some, be honest with yourself. Like you have some, have, have some self-awareness that you don't need to have misbehaved for half a year and your friend finally like blows up on you to 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 recognize that you're yeah you have to change your relationship with alcohol Mm -hmm. and i think that's a a very important point uh that you know um it's it's one of my takeaways but i'm just going to bring it in now Mm -hmm. is that you can change your relationship with alcohol right like you said like sometimes you're the sad drunk and sometimes you're the angry drunk Mm -hmm. Um, so you change your relationship with alcohol and you can do it much more willfully rather than just be a passenger and, and just as your moods change, your relationship with alcohol changes. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes, I, I do think some people just probably shouldn't drink. I yeah, do think definitely. that there are some people who like, like I said, when, when, or, or, or then need to like cap themselves off after a couple of shots or whatever it might be, because they do have that switch that goes and. You know, some people never get mentally well enough for that switch to go away. They're mm-hmm. just always not too far from blowing up because that's just their life, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I had a, I had one friend who would just be the not not necessarily the the flip switching kind of drunk, but just a very bad misbehaving sort of person mm-hmm. when drinking and drinking like and it was clearly like this is such a mental thing because. Um, they typically had like a pretty high tolerance, but at one time he, he had maybe a shot and was behaving like an animal. And I thought, okay, this is just something is very wrong upstairs. Mm-hmm. And of course he was under a ton of stress and new job and all this kind of stuff. Right. So, um, now nothing like that, you know, can just drink and be normal. Yeah. But you can be more willful about it. If you actually face it, he had to come to the kind of dead end where he's, being taken away in an ambulance <laughs> and 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 you know they're questioning me and a friend saying like oh what drugs is he on i'm like nope no drugs and they just weren't just believing a whole us. lot of alcohol yeah there, there's that sort of drunk too where the person seems like they've taken typically like something like molly because they seem like they're going too fast mm-hmm. definitely had people who reached that level of drunk too um but yeah if, if you're actually on top of it and you're honest to yourself you can forgo so much you can avoid so much pain mm-hmm. by just yeah you're probably going to drink to excess a few times fine but beyond that like figure out how you're behaving and then take a break from alcohol if need be until you sort something out that that you need to address in your life and or just drink very very 
mildly until you you know you work your way through mm-hmm. some stressful period. And I know obviously the temptation is because it's stressful you want to drink, but long term that's just not going to serve you. Long term you end up going to you're going to kind of it's going to be a form of self sabotage because. If you're constantly drinking to excess to deal with your stress, like it's just such a ugly recipe. I would even say if you're constantly drinking to relieve your stress, even if it's not to excess, it's. Uh, I think it's just a wrong association. Yeah, one thing that has to be said is like alcohol is not good for you. Like it's it's a bad oh. time on your body. <laughs> All right, yeah. I did I not mean... realize. <laughs> no, I know. When it's... I was saying that, it, I was poisoning myself and throwing up. <laughs> no, I know. So I mean, I mean more from the sense of like, and this is okay. So maybe this is an opinion that I have. Okay. I don't think it's okay to have a glass of wine every night. I know a lot of people have been Why? sold this idea that you should have a glass of wine, right? For two reasons. First off, alcohol is ultimately a poison. It's not something that you're like nowhere in our you know biological makeup or evolutionarily do you see alcohol as being a staple of the diet. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, but heart health alcohol. and longevity. Okay. And so that's another thing. All those it's, like it's, it's silly. those correlational silly. studies between like, oh, we found that wine drinkers live longer. We found that coffee drinkers live longer. Those studies are usually the worst. Like they cherry pick. They, they just no, but but they're just bad. Uh, uh, even if they're, you know, completely valid studies, um, you don't have to. The, obviously, it's not the alcohol that's doing it. Yeah, it's, there's like it's a, the a antioxidant comp. It, it's yeah. the same way. It's just like, you know, dark chocolate. It has a lot of like healthy properties mm-hmm. but if you're having a dark chocolate candy bar every day are you gonna tell me that's healthy like no it has a healthy component that doesn't yeah. make the same way it's like yeah you can t- you can pro- you can extract the property of red wine that is good for your heart or good for longevity mm-hmm. you don't need to have the poison alongside it yeah so and yeah the other thing too about it though that that, that, that i think is glossed over is if you're having a, a low level of alcohol every time, then you've because you're what the the scary part is that your body actually upregulates. So if you're constantly drinking a low level of alcohol, the level of alcohol that you need in your bloodstream now to have the psycho, I'm just, psycho it's not active. psychoactive, I know, but like you know what I mean, like the actual the, the actu- yeah the response the the, the, the the drunk response the inebriation becomes greater yeah so when you get your body trained on drinking lots it takes even more to get you drunk um again we actually had a funny instance of this last summer where we got really drunk one night accidentally way drunker than we wanted to because we ended up crashing a party where everyone was giving us drinks and then the next day we tried to drink the same amount that had been working for us for the whole like three weeks prior and it did nothing and we yeah. were sober after drinking the same amount that we, and I mean, I think it even, if you've ever been to an all-inclusive resort, this is like, that's the time when I feel like this is like the most obvious. Mm-hmm. So when I went to all-inclusive resorts with my parents back when I was like 19 or whatever, and they'd still take me, yeah. I remember vividly like day one is so easy to get drunk. Day two, it's a little bit tougher. By day five and six, the amount that I was drinking to get the same level of buzz on that I had day one, like was pure pain. My body was screaming at me the next morning, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is way too much. And, you know, that's that's part of it, right? You build the tolerance to this. So I think that's another big, big part about this that needs to be accepted is like, you know, depending on, I think the question too, that again, I guess, is like, why drink? Why do you drink, Mikhail? Well, I, I, I guess it almost, um, based on what I said, it explains itself. It's... Um, 
given that even drunk, I'm a fairly kind of steady levelish person. I think the drinking does help bring out like a slightly more sociable, fun loving side. Mm-hmm. Um, at least more overtly, right? Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I'm not as expressive as, as how I might actually feel. Um, so I think alcohol just kind of moves certain things along to have a fun time, but it's, it's, it's not, like I said, there have been times when I was barely drinking and, and it's fine. Um, I think you can replicate a lot of what you want if you just have a good friend group and you get comfortable. Mm-hmm. But like, I think when it's a little bit back out in the open and you're meeting new people or you haven't met some people for a while, or maybe you know, you're a little stressed out, not to the pathological level where then it leads to some healthy, so, uh, unhealthy association, but just you're a bit stressed the week, you have a bit of tension built up during the week and you need a little bit of uh, a de-stressor, so you drink. So yeah, I, I, I think alcohol is a tool to help you out socially and in, in sort of de-stressing, but it's, if, if other things are optimal, it's, it's, it's really like a marginal helper or like the occasional, it's, a, it's also a good occasion enhancer. So mm-hmm. sometimes for that, right, we want to celebrate a birthday or something else, then, then it works out. But mm-hmm. yeah, in, in, in terms of, um, again, going back to the problem with drinking before we loop around to why you drink, which I think will probably you kind of time. My life sucks. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> that's I'm, the wrong I'm, I'm with you. Too. I'm with you. That's the wrong That's when you should never. But um, it, it's, it's, yeah, what I want to talk about is I think when young people use it as a crutch socially or to talk to girls or girls to guys or whatever, um, I think that past the point becomes a larger concern because you might just be kind of undercutting your development as a human being and socially if you just i i so again going back to you us using it in a targeted way and being strategic with it and and knowing when to pull back i think it's fine like let's just take us let's say it's early summer we want to start going out again we start wanting to meet people and talk to girls and all that kind of stuff okay so we might drink a little more heavily in the early weeks but then we're going to start also going out without drinking at all or drinking very you know, a minimal amount. Number it's probably better for health. It's probably better in terms of not building a tolerance. Like we, these are all things we yeah. just talked about. But a part of it is so that what whatever social skills are picking up or just are, are are kind of honing again are not becoming contingent on alcohol because that's that's again it it it's not quite as bad as you know certain other associations with alcohol but it's still bad enough that it you've severely kind of um you've diminished what you could be because of alcohol big time yeah. big time i think i think to your point there the issue is that you want to develop especially if you're a young man you want to develop social skills regardless of alcohol because i think one of the things and i've, I've experienced this definitely in my life um one of the things i think a lot of people take for granted is the effect of like stacking um like a scenario where a number of instances where a number of things happen and you attribute them happening to just one thing so just to give you an example what might happen sometimes and i know what's happened to me is you know 
I've gone to parties with friends that I knew a bunch of people there and I drank and I had a great time. Maybe I met some girl that I didn't know and I was super confident and I thought, okay, at the end of the day, I associate me confident with girls do well, alcohol. Right. Smart right. men think this. But then you go put yourself in another situation and you think, okay, I just got to drink and I'll get there. But now maybe you go in a situation where, you know, you go to a bar club where you don't know anybody and you're sitting there and, you know, you have to go and talk to somebody and start things from scratch. You don't know people. People don't know you. You're not already well known throughout this social group. So mm -hmm. you get in there and you think, okay, I just got to drink. And you drink and drink and drink and drink, but you don't get the same result that you had when you went to the party where a lot of people knew you, obviously, because that place, you know, there was a better vibe, maybe, maybe you got a lot of people better, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's, this, there's this idea that, you know, um, you, have to, you have to realize that alcohol is by no means a panacea. It's not a cure-all. It's not going to fix all your problems when it comes to socializing, when it comes to dating, when it comes to meeting new people. Um, and your ability to understand that is... Is important because if you don't then exactly like you said you're gonna have people who get too attached to alcohol as a crutch without realizing that it's multiple factors that it um, led to these amazing times that they had and then it's gonna be harder for them to find that and I also think that regardless like actually I, this is gonna sound weird and maybe this is just me making up a, a mythos around drinking yeah but I really do believe that every time you drink you roll the dice mm. and there's always a chance you're gonna land on snake eyes and for some reason, that night, you're going to be the angry drunk. You're going to be the sad <laughs> drunk. You're going to be the maniac drunk. You can't fully control it. I feel like this is, and again, maybe this is just me giving myself that like excuse out to go crazy some nights. Mm -hmm. But I really do think in my experience, it's not, it's like any kind of, any anytime that you're, you know, anything, even with drugs, you're smoking weed, you're doing this, you're doing that. Yes, there is a there is a general way that it's going to happen. Yes, there's a general thing that should happen 99 times out of 100. Mm -hmm. But there's always that one time where shit could go wrong. And again, if you're in that instance, maybe the alcohol does nothing for you. You better have social skills to back that up. You better have like, sometimes alcohol is going to make you weirder because you're going to be too drunk for a moment or not drunk enough. And you, yeah. have to, you have to compensate with social skills, with your ability to talk to people. And, and that's so necessary. Yeah, now I'm just waiting for your snake eyes drunk moment. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's just, the, now we have a full summer ahead of us, whereas last summer was kind of like cut off during for COVID. So, uh, yeah, within these next, you know, five, six months, snake eyes is going to pop up and uh, I'm going to be ready. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need a contingency plan to, to prepare. But, just put me in an uh, Uber and send me home. Don't even, don't even just be like, listen, you you're going home. Go away. <laughs> Banish me to the shadow realm. No, I'm, 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 I'm gonna carry a weapon on me that can be easily concealed, and then when it happens, I'm just gonna sneak up behind you and put you out. I appreciate that. That that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, just just out for the night. I, I won't kill you, mm -hmm. but, um, unless you just want to be put out of your misery altogether at that point. Listen, when I when I'm that drunk, don't listen to a word I say. Yeah, you just do the grown up thing and put me away. No, I'll keep a contract with me so that I have it in writing that I got your permission to do whatever I do. Actually, this is assisted suicide. <laughs> we, we shouldn't joke about such things. No, no that's no. terrible. But um, uh. so actually, uh, going back to your your first point, I, I, I think that that's really important. It's that, um, like I said earlier, alcohol should be a tool. And like with any tool, if you're a sloppy if you're if you don't have skills with that tool then it's 
gonna even no matter how sharp that you know knife is if you're not a good whatever you know this now this 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 metaphor is falling apart but i think you guess get what i mean it's if, if you um don't have the requisite social skills being a drunk is not gonna uh, help you necessarily cross the line so yeah you, it has a greater it, chance of, an, of of making you worse than better I don't even think it's that. It's just, I, I, I think it, it can make you better. It can make you worse. But I, I think mm -hmm. the important thing is if you want to be the life of the party, you need to have already honed a certain sort of like vibe when you're socializing with people outside of alcohol. Yeah. If you want to be good at talking to girls, you need to have sorted that out pretty well before you start drinking. All these things, when you just drink and you just try to f kind of, you know, uh, free ball them, then like... You know, it, it is a bit of a twin cost and it's probably going to be tails a lot of the time because yeah. there's no skill there. Yeah, maybe you'll have the courage to talk to a girl, but you won't know what to say. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll be louder amongst, uh, you know, in a social group, but you're behaving like a buffoon and you're not making it better for anybody. Yeah. But if you foster that way to like make everybody have fun when you're around them anyway, or if you're already like have a whole, you know... Uh, many you have many ways to go when talking to a girl so that you're not just stuck saying one or two things then yeah the alcohol will just get you talking and then you're just going to say what you would have said anyway if you're sober mostly yeah so yeah use it as a tool not as a crutch not to something that is going to make you superman no it's just use it targeted use it moderately you know obviously and then all the caveats there's issues of addiction there's health issues it is technically poison <laughs> You know, and then, yeah, go out there and be as responsible as possible. But it Poison is... Poison yourself it, in the best way possible. <laughs> you know what? Like, each day we're a day close to the grave. So, you know, I'm uh, seriously speaking, I, I, especially recently, I, I, I'm really uh, think that we all should try to maximize our time here in terms of just enjoyment as well. Obviously other things, you know, your ambitions and your hobbies and your work and loving your family, etc. But a part of it should be, yeah, try to enjoy yourself as much as possible. Go out, be with your friends, be with your family, have fun, laugh, be silly. Yeah. But responsible, be safe. And that's why we're saying, Set all this stuff earlier in your life if possible. You're going to make mistakes, obviously, but if you set it up earlier in life, then then you're set. You know you're not going to be drinking to excess. You know that you don't have a problem with alcohol. You can trust your friends around you because you've had those conversations with them and them with you in terms of how you all behave. So you can just go out and focus on having fun and not worrying about like, oh, this person is going to make an ass of themselves and I'm going to be puking at the end of the night and all this stuff. So yeah. I, um, do we have anything else to say about I think God's that's elixir? I think we can, think we can wrap <laughs> God's <laughs> elixir. Um, I think we wrap it up. I think that's a, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good, pretty good place to go. Do you have anything else you want to add to the takeaways or? No, I, I think we just kind of wove them in, in our conversation anyway. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining us for this episode of Life's Difficult. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you give us a positive rating or review or comment or 
subscription or whatever else, depending on the platform. Please let your friends know and share it about as much as you can. Take care and we'll see you next week for another episode of Life's Difficult.